Welcome back to part two of the scorers table, rebuilding the NBA Hall of Fame, the players wing. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? Man, the world is in turbulence, but you know what? I'm grateful for life and health. I'm just happy to be here another day discussing some basketball with my boy, Will. How have you been? I wish I had time for binge watching and shit like that, but I actually I actually haven't. I've been extremely busy with internship stuff, and I know I've got school stuff going and coming in like two weeks. I'm not excited for it. Anyway, how are you doing, my man? You know, I'm good. Taking it taking it one day at a time, just trying to trying to stay safe, quarantine. Did you listen to like, Aaron Did you listen to that? Aaron Gordon's new rap song yet? Aaron Gordon does in fact have a rap song. He's not he's not bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna say he's good. But he, but he could be in, worse. In NBA, in NBA terms, he's okay. In rap terms, he's bad. Yes, that would that would be, <laughs> that, would be that, that would be true. Honestly, I've just been watching uh, uh, OD uh, NBA together live. I just started on the Piston Celtics game from 2008. Uh, uh, this today during my workout. Oh man, I, I I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And I've been watching this uh this Too Hot to Handle show on Netflix. You know, they came they came. <laughs> They came with like a slutty reality dating show, like in perfect oh, time I, for me. This is lit. I, I've, I've seen the trailer. It's not it's not my kind of show, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. You should check it out. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not really a dating show person, but what I have been watch, what I have been watching, and that you were that you watched also that we want to start off here with, is the Jordan documentary. Mm-hmm. So part one and two premiered of the Jordan documentary. Uh, we both have some thoughts on it. Overall, though, just really good documentary so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, especially the soundtrack has been great. You know, they had my man, they had uh, LL Cool J has actually been going viral in the past week because they had uh, I'm Bad playing uh, during uh, that classic Jordan highlight clip against the when he when he scored 60 against the Celtics in the playoffs. Man, yep. that was that might have been my favorite moment of the documentary. And people honestly, people sleep on LL Cool J like. Hello, Cool J had like has like three bad albums, but people guys remember if you listen to Drake, LL Cool J started this shit. Drake is in, is is like the is like the millennial LL Cool J because LL Cool J was you know he was rapping about girls out here shirtless with his chain out and talking about like how he was gonna kill you in the streets. So um anyway, LL Cool J respect your legends. Anyway, um, yeah. So so this documentary, <laughs> let's just let's just get back to the documentary already. I'll plug, I'll. I'll pull you back in here good yes please thank you <laughs> i gotta gotta rein you in here but <laughs> before this turns into the scores table uh rap edition but so, this, so this 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 uh this documentary has been really cool i think they're doing a certainly a good job it's, it's been some cool behind the scenes obviously we know going forward it's going to be a lot more behind the scenes these first two episodes were kind of just like a nice little backstory kind of just just about like about like the early point set in the stage, but I th- I've I've really enjoyed it so far. But the one thing that we both want to talk about here that we felt a little uneasy about is the treatment of Jerry Krause. Now, now here's the thing, guys. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Jerry Krause looks like kind of a more trollier version of Danny DeVito. That's correct. And my, MJ was making fun of him back in the day. Scotty was making fun of him back in the day. And like, here's the thing, like. Jerry Krause was definitely incompetent in ways. He definitely, it, it, I definitely agree with the fact that you know he maybe he wanted a little too much of the spotlight, and he he did honestly throw away pretty much all of the night the the Bulls '90s drafts in some way, shape, or form. You know, taking guys like Dickie Simpkins and stuff yeah. like that. Even though obviously in the late first round, there's only so much you can do. And, but, and obviously hiring Tim Floyd. <laughs> yes, but. Here's the thing, like, Jerry Krause passed away, like, a few years ago, and I, I just don't feel great that, like, the guy who, and, and this, and, and everybody keep in mind, Michael Jordan is, like, this is, this is from his perspective, essentially, like, there's, this is not a completely objective documentary, um, but, I mean, Jerry Krause, for his faults, the guy could scout, man, the guy could scout, and he did, despite, obviously, especially in 1998, you know, MJ put the, put the team on his back, multiple times but I mean you still got to give the guy a little more credit than I think you're giving him you know yeah and and also even after here's the thing even after the Bulls completely broke down Krause was still a good scout and he showed it even though uh, even though he made some trades that were 
that were misguided and whatnot. I mean, he took Elton Brand, Tyson Chandler, um, Ron Artest. Like, he, he definitely... He definitely had an eye for talent, you know, back in the days he was with like Earl Monroe on the playground and stuff like that. So and, and obviously getting Pippen and, and, and whatnot. So he definitely I, I, I just think that he, he deserves a little more credit. And it's kind of like eh, he's sitting on the dead guy a little too much, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's OK to acknowledge his faults. And there were absolutely. obviously a lot of faults. He Absolutely. I mean, he is single handedly the reason the dynasty ended. Mm hmm. But I don't think they're giving him enough credit for the dynasty that happened in the first place. And one of the important things to remember with with this whole Jordan thing is back then, players really weren't signing places. So most player movement came via executives. Like like Scottie Pippen wasn't wasn't leaving the Bulls like halfway through their dynasty. Obviously, he was on a terrible contract and we can get to that later if we want to. But like. Carl Malone wasn't 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 leaving wasn't leaving the Jazz to go to the go to the Bulls. That's just not how it went. So if player movement happened, it was via the draft and via trades. Mm-hmm. And he drafted Pippen. He drafted Kukoc. He, he he took a chance on Rodman. He found Phil Jackson. I mean, before Phil Jackson, what did the team I said that Phil Jackson was coaching before? Oh, I Albany, I, some team in Albany. And if the team yeah. was in Albany, I mean, I don't really have to say anything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The the team that he was coaching before was the Albany uh, Patroons. Oof. So, so it's 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 not like Phil Jackson was killing the world here before before Jerry Krause found him, and mm-hmm. he had an eye for talent. He he made controversial trades. He traded Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright. Jordan himself was not happy about that one, mm-hmm. and he built two dynasties he built the first one that was built around oh he also drafted Horace Grant obviously the first one that was built around uh Jordan Pippen Grant and the second one that was built around Jordan Pippen Rodman and even guys like uh Craig Hodges and Steve Kerr as well yeah I mean he there there were a lot of finds and I just I think it's okay to I think it's definitely important to acknowledge his faults, but they're they're not giving him enough credit for this for the success. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And one and, and two other quick things. Uh, one thing I'm interested to see is that because I know next episode it looks like they're going to be talking about uh, the Jordan rules slash just beat up Michael Jordan in every single way. Well, uh, uh, the 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 Bulls uh, run-ins with the Pistons. Yep. And I'm definitely interested to, to see how they you know talk about MJ like learning to trust his teammates because they haven't really talked about that like. Like, I'm not saying that he didn't, that there wasn't, you know, I mean, he, he's Michael Jordan, but I mean, Jordan definitely was a bit of a ball hog for a bunch of his early career. I mean, it took a sit down in the middle of the, the NBA playoffs with Phil Jackson to like finally get him to trust his teammates. So I'm interested to see if they, you know, what, what they do with that. And obviously, I mean, we're really going to see what, what this documentary is made of when, uh, they cover uh, Michael Jordan's father's death slash murder slash I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you can make a case there's some fishy stuff happening. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what happens there. But in overall, I've really been enjoying it. And, I, and Will, I like how you said that uh, you can tell exactly why MJ's a bad owner <laughs> from this documentary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was I mean, they made the playoffs at 30 and 52. That pretty much explains everything about the Charlotte Bobcats and Charlotte Hornets. And the Bismack Biombo era. Seriously. All right. So and do you have anything more to add with with uh, the podcast? Or, no, sorry, with on the to the next one. All right. No, on to the next one, yeah. So back to remaking the NBA Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame, the Players Wing. First of all, guys, this the, the episode one, the support we received was amazing. Yes. Thank you. Scores Hive. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. This is why we this is why we do it. We want the we want, you know, the the, the free flow of debate. You know that that this is uh in 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 all that. So thank you guys for everything. Yeah, I mean, the 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 support we got, I people were texting me questions, uh sending in questions. Um it it, it got a lot of listens. We just we, we really appreciate it. It was it was this is the podcast that we've been working very hard on and we really appreciate it. So, one of the questions that we got, Julian, <laughs> we got to start right off, right, right with this. This is right at you. I want you to explain your Hakeem over Kobe stance. Man, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hitting on Kobe at all. 
Kobe's in a is in a really incredible position. He's between he's with Hakeem Jerry West, the logo himself, and Oscar Robertson. And people, you could make a decent case for Jerry West or Oscar over Kobe. I wouldn't make that case. I would disagree with that case. And also, I said Hakeem by a hair. If I were building a basketball team from from scratch, I would rather Hakeem be my best player than Kobe because I don't have to worry about Hakeem maybe being selfish or having problems with his teammates or stuff like that. And I mean, maybe it seems unfair in retrospect, but I do have to penalize Kobe for a four to five stretch year in his career where he was just, he was just, he was hated by his teammates and nobody liked him. He was a bad teammate for three years. Obviously he redeemed himself. He got it. You know, he had an incredible late career, um, stretch where you know he became some something of a benevolent veteran and you know obviously you, you know just just was an incredible figure and and really lived up to what he always could be until you know his unfortunate passing but i i think that i, I the, kobe kobe threw away a stretch of his career because he didn't get it he was like screw all these guys i'm just gonna score and like i understand that like smush parker and kwame brown are on your team but at the same way, there's you know there's there's a right way to do things, and I think you know two each each Kobe and Kareem had uh, two titles as the best player, and so yeah, yeah so that, this is so this this is this is all totally fair, mm-hmm. but I would argue I would argue that Kobe actually had three three titles as the best player. I think by that last title he was probably better than Shaq. I think Shaq um, was still better. I think Shaq was still a little bit better. But, but also another thing that I'm 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 saying is that I really 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 put a ton of stock into and this isn't Kobe's fault. You can only play against who you play against. But what was the second best? Who was the best? Who was the second best shooting guard in the West? Maybe that's just how good Kobe. That's also just shows how incredible Kobe was. Oh, but, but but if you want but if you want to play that game, I mean, the only two years that Hakeem won is when Jordan wasn't there. Yes, but this is what I'm getting at. He had to he had to put uh put David Robertson uh David Robinson, excuse me, Patrick Ewing and Carl Malone in body bags. He put those three guys in body bags on his way to the title. And also just in the playoffs multiple times. I give Hakeem an extreme extreme amount of credit for that and also being able to place multiple and, and being able to play more styles of of offense in 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 pace of game and stuff like that, then people gave him credit for. Him. I mean, yeah. the guy was in five slam jamma. He was in those first teams with uh, Ralph Sampson, and then uh, when they finally finally won titles, it was more kind of I don't want to say modern, but when you've got you know a ball handler, a shooter, and Kenny Smith, Robert Horry, um, you know, just just kind of a kind of a more modern offense when they actually won the titles. Yeah, I mean, I mean overall, I just. I would put Kobe higher. He had a significantly higher cultural impact. He had he won more titles. He, I think he was the best player on more titles. Um, and I just think he was overall a better player. But that that was one of the main questions we got. Now, I, w- I want to make I want to make an apology here um, for one of my for one of my names. And I got some feedback on this. I I heard what the what the people had to say, and I would and I'm a hundred percent willing to admit my mistake. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a big deal. I'm not usually someone that admits mistakes when it comes to <laughs> basketball, but I admit that I had Bob McAdoo significantly too high. Okay. I am going to do something. I'm going to make a change in my rankings. Ooh. I will be moving Bob McAdoo from the fourth tier to the sixth tier Ooh. for a player that will be named when we start talking about it. Oh boy, I'm, ex- I'm excited! I'm been, excited. He has been downgraded two tiers because. Sheesh. I, and I admit my mistake. Now, Julian, are you ready to start talking about the fourth tier? Let's do it. So, Will, run uh, run down your your list of because we talked about last episode. We talked about uh, Charles Barkley, who I think you had in tier three. I have leading off yep. tier four just because I give yep. Elgin Baylor a tiny edge. Yep, um, and, I had, and I had Elgin Baylor just behind him. We talked about my guy Willis Reed. Yep. Um, we talked about Steve Nash. Yep. And did we talk? Did we talk about Dirk? We yeah, we talked about Dirk because I had had Dirk in the third tier. Okay, so so run down your fourth tier again. So my tier, 
Elgin Baylor, John Havlicek, Dave Cowens, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Garnett. Obviously, obviously, this is not in a specific order. This is just the names in the tier mm-hmm. uh, for the disclaimer again. Uh, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Garnett, Scotty Pippen, Rick Barry, Jason Kidd, Willis Reed, and the person replacing Bob McAdoo. Drum roll, please. Wes Unseld. Oh, Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld is making a jump. From the fifth seed to the fourth seed, Bob McAdoo will be moving into the sixth seed, and you'll hear for whom later. Julian, let's hear your list. Oh, shit. So, my list is... Oh, so, Will, uh, what did, what did, who did your list start and end with? Oh, that's right. My list, uh, I'd probably have it begin with Elgin Baylor, and I'd have it end with Dave Cowens. Okay. And, oh, we talked about Rick Barry a tiny bit last episode. Oh, Will, by the way, I forgot to mention that Rick Barry was such a dick. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm telling one of, like, your, the your mom is so fat jokes. <laughs> Rick Barry was such a dick. The Warriors lost an NBA Finals game because of him, singularly because of him, because his teammates hated him so much, they didn't defend him in a brawl he got into into the series. So we decided, screw these guys. I'm not going to shoot for game seven. I mean, I mean, look, how do, Will, I'm, I'm sorry, but how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? I feel like Doris Burke right now. How does that make you feel having Rick Barry in tier four? Betrayed, bewildered. <laughs> um, he played an entire season with a toupee on. <laughs> honestly, that's, uh, honestly, I give him credit for that shit. That's I mean, players, player, players hated him. We know that. Carlos Cruz are painted on his hair for a year, so shit. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to defend anything like that of Rick Barry, but I will defend the fact that he was a 30-point-per-game scorer. He's the best free-throw shooter of all time, and he would have been an elite three-point shooter had that been in the NBA, as we saw it hit with him in the ABA. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to—I understand. I understand. I'm just—the the dick penalty is like three tiers. He's in my honorable mentions. Okay, so tier four for me, beginning. Oh, you, with oh, you don't have him in the list at all. He's in the honorable mentions. Oh, that's right. We we did discuss this last pod. Okay, so yeah. so let's let's hear your tier four. Starting with Charles Barkley. Okay. In tier four we have Dwayne Wade, Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas. Isaiah Celtics, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, continue. Uh, we've got Dirk, Bob Cousy, mm. Willis Reed, Chris Paul. Okay. Carl Malone, the mailman himself, mm-hmm. and Allen Iverson, finishing okay. the tier with Steve Nash. Okay. So you actually had a few of my tier six guys in that one. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Um, and yeah, and and a, and a few of the tier fives. But we talked we talked about most of these guys uh, last podcast. But one of the guys I wanted to discuss was Scottie Pippen. Mm, Scottie Pippen is leading off tier five for me. And here's the thing, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm going to make him change yet because I think that I think I think we should each get one one move to change. OK, I use so you, mine. Got, you got your move. I I'm got gonna, my Bob I'm McAdoo. Gonna, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a, an ace in the hole right here. Um, okay. I don't know. I feel like I got to say pause to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I might. I, here's the thing. I might move Scotty to tier four. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm not. I'm not completely sure about my Chris Paul decision. Or, okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm not completely sure about my Chris Paul decision. It's it's really, and honestly, Steve Nash too. I love Steve Nash, and I defended him fervently last podcast because I do put him above Jason Kidd every day. But Which I do not. Yeah, we we can talk about Jason Kidd a little later. I think tier five, we might talk about him a little more. Okay. But yeah, honestly, last honestly, the Jordan documentary, I didn't forget how good Scottie Pippen was. But Scottie Pippen did almost get to an NBA Finals himself without Jordan. Scottie yep. Pippen was no scrub; he was a hell of a good player. Yep. But I'm in the, in the year without player. Jordan, in the year without Jordan, he finished second in MVP voting too. Yeah, he showed he should he showed he could be the first banana. There's no yeah. question about that. So I do I do have qualms. With him below Chris Paul. I have qualms with him below Steve Nash. Okay. So what about Chris Paul? What do you think about Chris Paul versus Scottie Pippen? I mean, Chris, I mean, I think Scottie Pippen's above them both. Let me just say that. 
Okay. But Chris Paul is more defendable. Chris Paul is the point god. He cha- he he changed the position. He is he's he's in a he's one of the best mid-range shooters of all time. He's a guy that He's a guy that'll win you games, not not necessarily playoff games, which is what's holding him back a little bit. But I think that a lot of that hasn't necessarily been his fault, mm-hmm. um, especially because the year when it looked like he was about to make the NBA Finals, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that was 2018. Yeah, and 2018. He also, and he never had the perfect supporting cast around him. The Clippers never could find a small forward, even though, I mean... Or or a, a shooting guard that wasn't you know that that was a starter that wasn't and, and Jamal truth, Crawford off the bench. And truthfully, that Clippers team really didn't entirely suit his play style. Blake mm-hmm. liked the ball in his hands a lot. The the teams that be, that came the closest to the ones that actually should play for him were were the Hornets with David West. Mm-hmm. But fun teams for sure, really for fun. sure. I mean the the David West, Tyson Chandler, um, I believe Peja was on that team. Peja, yeah, Peja was fun. Yeah, I mean, very underrated in history. Yeah, I mean, he, we'll, we'll get to him later. He's not sorry. We will. I mean, we will not get to him later. But he's certainly he's certainly someone that that has a case for the actual NBA Hall of Fame. Well, we'll get him. We'll get to him in a few episodes when we do our international Hall of Fame. That's true. That's true. So we'll get to him later in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I just I would not put Jason Kidd that high. I think that overall he. You mean, you mean Nash? Sorry, uh, Steve Nash that high. He never he never won. He was never a great defender. He, I mean, you can argue that in today's NBA, he'd be shooting a hell of a lot more. But because he didn't, you can only judge him based on what he actually did. And I would, and I'd argue that I have, I mean, I, I'd argue that Jason Kidd's above him. Isaiah Thomas is above him. John Stockton's above him. Chris Paul's above him. Kuzi, Frazier. I have, I have. Maybe Kuzi. even Nate Archibald. I have Kuzi above Nash. I have Paul above Nash. I have Isaiah above Nash, and I have Iverson above Nash. So you you would put Nash above someone like like Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier is someone that I've. He's yeah, I would actually. I would, and I don't love it because Frazier was one of the best players on two finals teams, mm-hmm. but two championship teams, not just finals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But, man, I, I, I just don't feel right about it. He didn't play that long, and towards the end of his career, once the ABA-NBA merger happened, his stats did, did really trail off. And maybe that's just because he was getting a little long in the tooth, but it, it, it's just also a little concerning. And we'll get to, we'll get to Clyde uh, later this episode. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I do actually have Nash above John Stockton. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I do. I'm excited to wow. talk about John Stockton a little bit. But okay, we'll, so we'll, we'll get to him later because I have, I have him in my next year. I will put um, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use my one move now. Okay. I'm going to move Steve Nash down to the top of Tier 5. Okay. And I'm going to move Scotty into the middle of Tier 4. Okay. I thank you for your bravery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the right move. Okay. So, anything else you want to discuss with Tier 4? Oh, actually, I, I know we discussed uh, Dwayne Wade last pod, but let's let's discuss him a little bit more because Dwayne, much like uh, Dwayne Wade in real life, where he likes to be talked about and acknowledged and pretend like he's still playing, we should do that here, too. Wait, is he retired? I, I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. Can we get a three-day jersey ceremony to, to, to remind me? <laughs> Now, I want to because I want I want to mention something about Dwayne Wade quickly because okay. I was actually watching one of his games recently. Um, I totally forgot. Um, I totally I totally forgot how how fast he used to be, mm-hmm. and and it's not that like I don't remember it necessarily, but it's just one of those things where like those last few years of Wade got so stuck in my head. Like mm-hmm. the Chicago Wade and the Cleveland Wade, and then at the, back at back at Miami at the end, and he was just mm-hmm. such a different player. That athleticism was crazy. I agree. He stuck around a little too long, but um, at least at least for for uh, recent memory. But I I completely agree. I mean, it's it's really sad about what his knees did rob him of. Especially yeah. I mean, I was watching the uh the Heat Cavs game from uh, 2006 or seven, I think it was 2006 yeah. that uh, NBA together had the other week. 
No, I completely it, Wade went off, and I, I completely agree with you. I mean, he's even just getting the ball def, down on the left block, and even as someone who wasn't even shooting threes back then, and never no. really learned how to shoot threes at a particularly great level. I mean, his 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 turn up, his turnaround game, his post up game, re- really fantastic. He's still great to watch, even in retrospect. He hasn't his his game is aged. His highlights have aged very well, I would say. Yes, yes. Um, that I mean, that 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 that's all we need to spend on Dwayne Wade, but just a very very athletic player uh, and someone that, as as we get farther away from his actual career time, he's someone that we'll look more fondly upon as like the memories at the end like start to not exist. Oh, well, I'm also interested to. So, did you have Carl Malone in tier three? I had him in tier three. Okay, I'm I interested to hear I your reasoning. Look, there's only one single reason. Okay. He's the second highest scorer in NBA history. That's the single reason? That's, I mean, to me, I I get it. He had his faults. He didn't come up clutch sometimes. He never won a championship. He collapsed in the playoffs like seven times. As I said, he didn't come up clutch sometimes. (laughs) But at the end of the day, he's the second highest leading scorer in NBA history. I cannot have someone that scored more points than anyone not named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar outside of the top 20. That's fair. I understand that. I, that and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm fully aware of how like basic and, and not exciting that reasoning is. I just couldn't mentally do it. I have him at the top of tier four. Like it's, 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 uh, obviously, we're not rate, rating these guys, but if, if I had to rank tier four, he would definitely be probably like 23 or 24 overall but okay. yeah I, I I just I, I couldn't bring myself to do it I couldn't bring myself to do it I think that Malone was was like a second banana that was kind of masquerading as a first banana but didn't really know if he was a first banana or a second banana yeah and I'm kind of just using the banana metaphor a lot today <laughs> it's, it's kind of mixing me up a little bit but like he was just he was just well banana boat let's talk about Dwayne Wade again <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm interested. We'll we'll talk about. I'm interested to hear your tier five and six though, because I want to talk about Isaiah Thomas. Let's get okay. let's get to tier five though. I want right, to hear let's you. Get, let's get. So this is who I had in tier five. Mm-hmm. At the very top of tier five, and this one, this 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 is hard for me, but I'd probably put Chris Paul. Okay. In B, and then at the very end of tier five, I would put I would put Patrick Ewing. I'm very similar to you. Oh, oh between, yeah, in the middle, in the middle. In between those guys, I have Bill Walton, Isaiah Thomas, David Robinson, John Stockton, Allen Iverson, Bob Pettit, Bob Cousy, and Walt Frazier. Oh, boy. So, I've, I'm starting with... This was with, a hard tier for me. Me too, honestly. I'm, so, I'm starting with Steve Nash, and I'm finishing with Patrick Ewing as well, actually. Okay. Between, we have David Robinson, mm-hmm. John Stockton. Okay. Bill Walton. Okay. Clyde Drexler. Okay. Jason Kidd. All right. Bob Pettit. Okay. Paul Pierce. Wow, that's pretty high for Pierce. And David Thompson. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to call it as it is. When I was preparing for this podcast, I don't have any notes on David Thompson. I didn't even have him in my honorable mentions. <laughs> I mean, he scored like 71 in the game, but other than that, he was just Mr. Cocaine. I don't know. He wasn't Mr. Cocaine, but here's the thing with David Thompson. Great six-year peak of 25 to 27 points in a game. Was actually the best player on a runner-up. And here's the thing with David Thompson. If you look at any list of the greatest MCs of all time, you're going to see a, 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 a few of the same names, obviously. You're going to see my man Hove. You're going to see Nas. Hopefully, if you, you have sense, you'll, you'll see my man Cool G Rap. Um, and you'll obviously, you know, Tupac, even though Tupac is like, he's, he's number 10 all time in my, in my, in my uh, list of, uh, my list of MCs, you'll see Eminem. He's number 11, actually. I got him below Tupac, but here's the thing. You will always see Rakim. Will, do you know who Rakim is? I do. Yes. Thank you. He is, he says, see, we got, we got some old school, we, 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 we know more than these youngins over here. You know, we got the, 
<laughs> I got the old school flavor. Anyway, um, Rakim was the inventor of lyricism, essentially. Everybody, you know, before Rakim was really, you know, you know, my name's Chris and in the party. Uh, 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 uh. It was just, it was just like real. It was really just kind of and uh, kind of basic. Honestly, rapid edition. Rapid, rapid edition. Yeah, it, it was, it was basic. And you know what? David Thompson is the Rakim of basketball because the athleticism he brought to the game, the scoring he brought to the game, and the and, and just the, the the styling and watching Thompson even in even his grainy highlights still jumps off the page to me. And without David Thompson, you don't get Michael Jordan, which you don't get Dwayne Wade or Kobe Bryant or anything like that. I think he's so influential as a trailblazer and his style of play and one of the greatest scorers of all time. When he was in his prime, he was one of the, I'm not saying he's top 10 or top 15, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to put him at a number. Cause I didn't make a list or anything like that. But he's one of the greatest scorers of all time, and I think over influence in the path he blazed because of Rakim. Rakim, he, okay. obviously, his, his album with Eric B still still got some joints on that to this day. But I don't think Rakim really has a solo classic. Neither does David Thompson. Boom. I love this. I think it was a great analogy. Well, I'm really proud of myself. Okay, so in- interesting. Um, so a few things about David Thompson. Uh, number one is. I think that he was a poor man's George Gervin. Interesting. And I also don't have George Gervin on my list. I got George Gervin uh, tier six. Okay. So I don't have. I don't even have George Gervin. The next thing is, I don't. Was David Thompson even the best player on his own team, or was it Dan Issel? He was. He was. He was the best player on on the on a t- on a runner up. Yeah. I think uh, David Thompson you know, was better. I think. Really? Okay. Because I, I think I think Dan Issel would probably be better than him, but. Let me let me read you this paragraph for, about David Thompson and and his and his drug addiction. <laughs> this is like reverse Rick Barry. Yeah. So, <laughs> quote. This, this is from this is from Wikipedia here. Um, Thompson's substance abuse began due to his feelings of loneliness and isolation during his foot injury. They they first became public after his. Uh, most of this isn't actually important. All right, here. His season-ending knee injury resulted from him being shoved down a stairwell during a fight at Studio 54. Oh, yeah, I, I read this that. later factored into his failed tryout with the Indiana Pacers, after which he was arrested that night for, in pub- for public intoxication. By 1986, Thompson had, was reportedly spending $1,000 a day on cocaine <laughs> and checked into a rehab facility. That would be the after great idea. Out, say, yeah. After getting out, he was sentenced to, to six months in jail for assaulting his wife. I never said David Thompson was a great guy, like an angel. But <laughs> I don't know. Damn. I just, I just it's a fun run. <laughs> I mean, he an electric scorer. I don't think that he had enough impact in the league to to warrant being in this in this Hall of Fame over some other guys that are more deserving. Um, much less, much less even in a high tier, but. That, uh, that's probably enough on David Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I completely understand your decision. Well, I was I was thinking about uh, bumping Clyde Fraser to tier five, um, for you know for some of the reasons you just said. But I think I think David Thompson is the rock him of basketball, and I gotta I gotta stick with my David, pick. With David him Thompson tier five. is one of the ultimate what ifs. I mean, he literally scored like seventy one points in a game. Oh yeah, or, sorry, excuse me, seventy three points in a game. Mm-hmm. In that game, uh was to win in the scoring title, which he then lost to George Gervin. Because George Gervin then scored 63 points in a game later that day. Well, speaking of what ifs, you're gonna, I think you're going you're, you're gonna to appreciate this question. Maybe love it or you know, die of you know, just, just incredulousness. Um, what was Ricky Davis's ceiling? Wow. <laughs> I have been preparing 21 years for this question. <laughs> Okay, my man Ricky Davis. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like overwhelmed right now. Okay, I, I, that's why I the ceiling. I don't know Finals MVP. <laughs> no, okay. In all in all seriousness, if Ricky Davis could have knocked off the nonsense and played a little defense here and there, he was You're an electric scorer. 
He was an he was an incredible dunker who will be the number one pick in my in my NBA entertainment draft. I'm just so excited for that. So I'll 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 I'm gonna spend about 45 minutes on Ricky Davis that podcast. But look, okay, so here's here's the bottom line with Ricky Davis. Incredible score, wasn't a great defender. Um, if you were looking for assists, you didn't look at Ricky Davis. If you were looking at rebounds, you really didn't look at Ricky Davis. Unless um, he needed a triple double. Unless he needed the triple-double, which in that case, he can get you some rebounds and even manufacture some. Everybody, Google Ricky Davis rebound on YouTube if you if you, if you, if you, if you want to want to fun time clips here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, Ricky, I thought they drafted LeBron to give me a secondary option, Davis. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what the point of this question was other than to get me incredibly happy, but uh, I think the only question that could have gotten me this happy was um, what was Brandon Roy's ceiling? <laughs> in that case, I'll tell you about how he would have been a top 10 player of all time. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm maybe, maybe top 20, but. Can we get Ricky Davis on the pod? I mean, everyone's just chilling in quarantine. I can email him. <laughs> Probably just Ricardo Davis at gmail.com. <laughs> I want to look up Ricky Davis's career assist numbers. I'm going to look up him on Instagram. But I'm, I think I'm following him. Ricky Davis. <laughs> Averaged one single assist for his career. No, excuse me. Sorry, that was steals. He averaged 3.3 assists for his career. His best year, he averaged 5.5. Whoa. Whoa. In in that year, he also shot 41%. Uh, A little bit ahead of his time, though. He shot 37% from three that year. Oh, wow. Anyway. Did Ricky Davis, like, come too early? Ricky Davis, too early guy. Ricky Davis was like a slightly worse Zach Levine. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So here, here, here's another name that you mentioned that I think we should spend a few seconds on here. Okay. Not, not a lot. We both agreed on it, but Bob Pettit. Yeah, I was. Here's the thing. Bob Pettit is someone that I felt like I just kind of had to put here. Won an MVP, best player on a Finals team. One of the few guys that was actually like. I'm not going to call him a competent competitor to Russell and Wilt. Bob Pettit was really good. Yeah. Like, he, he was really good. He was, he was a hell of a player. You know, I, it wasn't – I'm not – you know, it, it's possible he was racist. I found stories that said Bob Pettit was racist, that he wasn't, because most of the players on the Hawks at that point were racist. Um, but uh, I, I felt like I kind of just had to have him in there. Best player on a finals team, won an MVP, beat Bill Russell – yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I feel like I just had to put him in tier five for that. Yeah. So, so a few crazy things about Bob Pettit. Uh, he was traded for Bill Russell. They got, uh, they got. Sorry, excuse me, I, I misspoke. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was Ed, Ed, um, something. I can't remember his last name. Um, but he was kind of involved in that era. He won. He won a few. Uh, he won a few All Star Game MVPs, which back then I feel like actually meant more. Mm-hmm. He was the kind of guy whose game. Now, if you just dropped Bob Pettit in today's league, obviously he wouldn't do very well. But his play style, he could shoot from the outside. He was a tremendous rebounder. He was a decent passer. Uh, scored a lot. You know, he was one of the best players of all time. I believe he's probably is he. I mean, he probably still is the greatest Hawks player of all time. Would you say that's um, fair? Does uh, does 2007 Josh Smith give him a run for his money? So he won a championship. He won two MVPs. He won four All Star Game MVPs. An 11 time All Star. He made 10 All NBA first teams. I mean, he was just, just for his time. He was an incredible player. He was probably the third best player of that era. Um, behind Russell and Wilt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just not a player that would do well in today's NBA just due to his body. But, hey, deserve, he deserves but, his props. But, End of the but, day, he but you can only props. play the people in front of you, and against mm-hmm. them, he was great. I'm interested oh. to – oh, Will, I just wanted to bring this up real uh, quick because we were talking about Jason Kidd last podcast. Here's the thing. I, I really I, – I feel like I just have to – to not discipline the right word or like, cause I'm not Jason Kidd's father or some shit. Um, or, or I got to penalize, penalize, <laughs> penalize him for not being 
the the score that I, I I think that he had it in him, but he just didn't. I don't know. I don't want to say he didn't work at it enough, but Jason Kidd should have been a better scorer in his prime. He was not the reliable three point option that I think. Obviously, you know that wasn't the way the league was playing right then, but. In his prime, he's 29%, 32%, 34%, 32% from three and didn't get up to 40% until he was a role player on Dallas. And, you know, obviously I give him a ton of credit for that because, you know, he helped them win a championship, of course. But, like, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just had to dock him a tier over Nash and Isaiah Thomas. So I'm interested. Wait, did you say you had Isaiah in this tier? I have Isaiah in this tier, yeah. Okay, yeah. For, for me, Isaiah... I think he's the best player on two title teams. Yep. And I have to give him so much credit for sacrificing his statistics for the good of the team. And yep. that's something I don't want to sound like I'm like, I don't know, communist or something or, you know, though I, you know, Bernie Sanders, I still love you, bro. But um uh <laughs> people people still don't people still think social democratic socialism is communism. People just can't even go on Wikipedia and read something. Anyway, I mean, um, if you want to talk about politics, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why <laughs> people there. Not there, wrong. There are some, not wrong. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas sacrificed his own stats for the good of the team, and that's not something I can say about that many players. Let's be completely honest. So I got it in his toughness. He, Isaiah, despite you know some shooting problems and whatever, he was a true point guard. He yes. was a floor general, and I, I give him so much credit for that in an era that was that was com- that was very competitive. That was a very competitive era he was in against Magic, against Jordan, and he came out on top many times. I gotta I gotta put him yeah. tearful for that. Yeah, I mean he was he was a fantastic player. He was the face of the bad boy. Well, not not maybe not the face. He was the best player on the bad boy Pistons. Mm-hmm. He won two championships. I think, but I think this is the perfect spot for him. Tier five. Okay. Um, who who else did I have? Okay, so let's talk about Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. You had him in you had him in tier four, correct? Mm-hmm. So I have him in tier five. Allen Iverson, I just I'm I'm not exactly sure where exactly he belongs on the list because it always felt like he was incapable of being the second best player, but as a first best player, you had a hard cap on your ceiling. Honestly, here's the thing with Iverson. I I completely understand that in every way, shape, or form. But for me, he's someone that even though I think Isaiah Thomas actually had uh, – Celtics Isaiah Thomas kind of had a stint where he was kind of the closest thing we saw since Al- Allen Iverson to him. He was doing a really incredible yeah. impression. That sounds like a diss to Isaiah Thomas and impression. Nah, he was doing, he was doing his thing. Um, but I, I think that – I don't think we're going to see someone quite like him ever again. And the influence that Iverson yes. had on the game is just, it can't even from, from the cornrows to the, Bob to the, to the <laughs> <laughs> from the cornrows to him, to him rapping pretty, eh, I actually listened to some of Alan Iverson's rapping before this podcast. I liked one of the songs he had, but then like he tried to diss Jay-Z in another song and that shit was like trash. Anyway, um, from from the from the hip hop culture to I I I think to to his style of play and he's just a cultural figure of such an incredible yeah, magnitude. There's a there's a totally reason. Here's the thing, Will. You you and I went to the first game of the Big Three. That's correct. Yep. And I really enjoyed that experience. That was that was a hell of a lot of fun seeing Kenyon Martin and talking with some woman about on the subway who was like in love with him back when he yep. played for New Jersey. That's right. Like, oh my God, That's Kenyon right. Martin's fucking hot um anyway um i remember one of the biggest draws was alan iverson and that was it was a complete catfish jeff green-esque uh as far as he literally played three minutes missed a few shots and then just like coached for the rest of the game coached in like i put that in like air quotes yeah um but there it says something that out of all the players out of all the cool players that were playing in that league it was a fucking eye and when he got on the court I still, I still remember I had goosebumps. Yeah, how crazy I mean, was, that crowd went. It just goes like his impact is just when you're outside of guys like MJ and Kobe, he's one of the most, and LeBron obviously one of the most impactful guys that we've seen. Well, let me in, let me forty years. Let me remind you that 
for a big three game, there were a lot of celebrities there when Allen Iverson came on the court. Harden yeah, was there. Pierce was there. I believe, I believe Westbrook was there too. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell was there. Um, Ice Cube, obviously. Yeah, Fabulous. obviously him. Yeah, people came out. But I mean, and Allen Iverson was absolutely terrible in that yeah. game, and that ended up being <laughs> the only game that he played in the big three. He looked forty shit. He was it. I genuinely am not sure if he had picked up a basketball between his last NBA game and that. I mean, he was truly, truly terrible. Yes. He looked slow. His crossover was high. He was like shot like what, like one for 11. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he not. He didn't take 11 shots. He might have. He didn't. I don't think Allen Iverson played five minutes. I think he was like one of four or something. Regardless, <laughs> he made like one, ju- one but jumper. But the, but the entire point was that that was the that was the main attraction of this entire league, and this thing that the league struggled with in the next year, the the big three, is that it didn't have that Allen Iverson face. Mm-hmm. And for that, yeah, I'll agree. I can actually, I can actually justify putting him in 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 a higher tier, just just for the cultural impact. One last thing with oh yeah, oh sorry sorry to cut you off. One last thing, it says something that I can say, even to like I don't want to say oh I can say to my grandkids, but like I can actually say even though I kind of you know it's it was three minutes in the big three, but I can actually say I played I I watched Allen Iverson play the game of basketball. Yeah, that's just a cool fucking thing to say, and I can't and and there's. And there's so few guys that you could be proud of to 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 say that about. So yeah, for wh- sure, what for sure, saying, Will? for sure. So let's let's quickly go through some of these guys because we 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 should get moving if we want to also be able to talk about some of these honorable mentions. Or just um, tier six in general. <laughs> or just tier six in general. So a few guys just just to go over insanely quickly. Bill Walton uh, had an incre- incredible peak with the Blazers. He was the best player in the NBA for a few seasons. He he won a championship with the Blazers. He was, I believe he was he was also Finals MVP that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just all around great player. And then once his body couldn't handle, he transitioned into a decent latter part of his career with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, but that peak was just incredible. Won a championship. Got to include him there. Absolutely. Uh, when you when you look at guys like Jokic nowadays, just just real quick, like it. Watch Bill Walton. Did yeah. it all. Did it all, yeah. and uh, and our and Arvidas Sabonis as well, who we'll get to mm-hmm. in our international uh, one. Absolutely. Uh, another guy, just to get to insanely quickly, John Stockton, best passer in NBA history, uh, good three point shooter. He was half of the best pick and roll combo in hit in history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the in Stockton, you know, he was he kind of had to. It, you know, going back to Malone, I think, you know, if, if Malone were a better first banana, I think we might look at John Stockton differently. Exactly. And, you know, in, in assists then were being counted a little bit differently than they were now. And, you know, and, and, and Stockton played in the very perfect system for himself. And, you know, he, he had such a ridiculously long prime. I mean, for sure. Even in, two, in 2001, he was still like putting up 10 assists. Like, like shit. Like, for sure. Like I mean, he, 40 years he old. Had, uh, he, he had. John Stockton, as a player, had a ceiling, and he reached it. Yes, he did. He, he, he did. reached his ceiling, kind of, kind of like in that. Uh, who was it earlier? Dave Cowens. Mm-hmm. I think that Stockton's a little bit overrated in history, but I think that Tier Five is still is still you know a, a great look for him. For sure. Uh, it's not like for it's sure. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and we appreciate John Stockton. We appreciate him. For sure. I mean, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about him. I mean, he had he had a he had a cap on what he could do. There's but, nothing to say about John Stockton. He was he was he was the best he was the best passer of all time. Yeah, he's like John not, Stockton is like the John Stockton is like the chicken breast of you know our our Hall of Fame. Like <laughs> exactly. you can season him, yeah. you can make him better, but it's still a chicken breast at the end of the day. It's not going to change your life. Yeah, and 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 if and if you're if you're ranking like the 50 best most important foods, that's going to be on it. Yeah, and it just it, and it just okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. On to the next one. On so, to the next uh, one. Who else? Who else in this tier were you talking about? Because I had I you said I had Pierce high. Yeah, so let's 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 five. move on to tier six because I put Pierce in my tier six so we can talk about him there. Sounds good. Oh, real quick. Unless, uh, oh yeah. What did you? Uh, so what was your cutoff? What's your? I want to talk about Patrick Ewing real quick 
Oh, but yeah, Patrick Ewing. What was your what, who's your top person on tier six? On top, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again. Who's your number? Who's your the the the, the top person of your tier in tier six? Clyde Drexler. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, how did you how did you differentiate beca- between Drexler and Ewing? Because I have Drexler in the middle of tier five and Ewing obviously ending it like you. Yeah. So the the thing with Ewing, um, and whether this is his fault or not, his team was better when he wasn't playing. Shouts to Bill Simmons, man. The Ewing theory is a real thing. This is real. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, Patrick <laughs> Patrick Ewing was a fantastic NBA player. I'm not. I'm I'm not trying to diminish that he was one of the, one of the best centers of all time. He was a fantastic defender. He came in, he completely changed the Knicks franchise for several years. Uh he was a great rebounder, he was a great defender, he could block a lot of shots. Um he scored a lot. But there were as we get to this point in the rankings, I feel like I'm saying this word a lot, but there were limitations with him. Mhm. You had to play slow with him. You had to. You, yes. you couldn't be a fast team if you had him on your team. The team had to revolve around him. Uh, he was incredibly durable for most of his career. I mean, he had a stretch here where he played 82, 80, 82, 81, 82, 81, 79, 79, 76, 78 games. Unfortunately, to his own detriment. I wish he yes. would have taken some load management. I mean, shit. Exactly. To, to the point where his body completely broke down. And those were seasons where he was averaging like 37, 38 minutes a game as well. Mm-hmm. So he was a fantastic player. I just feel like when, when, when the going got tough, you saw the Knicks almost in some ways to a fault become John Stark's team mm-hmm. and stuff and the, like that. And the funny thing is, I mean, the most obvious example of the Ewing theory is 1999. And I yeah. will I will say, Will, Marcus Camby, before his time. Very much so. Very before his time. Very um, much so. But, um, but, but the thing with – and, and, and Ewing, I do want to – I do completely agree with you. But I will, I will say, you know, he did – Ewing had the heart of a warrior. I got to give him that. Even though he, he missed a few shots in, 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 certain, in certain games, like the one against Indiana where he just missed like an open floater. Yep. Um, and, yeah. he, and he didn't come up – and he – I don't want to say he didn't come up big in the finals because Hakeem was obviously just a way better and as great as Ewing was, Hakeem was just an, like just another tier above him. Yeah, Ewing Ewing was a victim of 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 the time he was in. But I want to just re- yeah, I, I completely agree. But I just want to say real quick, like I gotta give give it to Ewing with his heart. Like watching oh for sure watching the Knicks Miami series in the the game that I remember watching the game where Allen Houston hit the hit the series winning shot. And Ewing's body, it's hard to watch him run. It's like, it's yeah. it's it's like it's it's terrible. It's it's really it's really hard watching him run. It's like bone on bone. You can it's like nails on a chalkboard seeing that guy move. But yep, he 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 really just he just toughed it out. He toughed it out, and obviously he played through pain. I guess a little too much the beginning of his career. But I gotta give it to him. And and Clyde Drexler was someone that you know. He's got a great resume, you know, better passer than people remember, you know, seven assists per game a lot of times in his prime, 10 all-star games. But like, like, I don't know, there's something, even though he won a title with Houston at the, at the very end of his career, like for me, there was just kind of something like underwhelming about Clyde Drexler in some way, even though I'm, I'm not, he didn't, it's not like he didn't live up to expectations. It's just like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you you just you wanted him to be better. I totally I totally agree with that. The reason why I have Drexler higher than Ewing, it just it simply comes back down to the fact that he was the second best player on two championship teams. Oh yeah, no, I have I have Drexler above Ewing too. Oh I, oh okay okay. For me for me Drexler Drexler's like when I lost my virginity. It's like it's um, like okay. I, <laughs> I thought my losing my virginity was gonna be like life changing. Like I was gonna see colors differently. I was the my sense of smell would be different. You know, I would just like walk out of my building with like a smile on my face every day. And I was like, it was, you know, it was, my, it was fun. Like it was cool. It was nice, I guess, but I, it wasn't, it was almost kind of a letdown because I thought the reward I feel like was in some ways, this better. entire segment is just a total shade at someone and I'm not really picking up on it. So <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was, that was, that was many, many a year ago, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, like Drexler, great career, but just a little underwhelming at the at the end of the day. Anyway, on to, on to tier six. 
Well, now now that we all know now that we all know that Julian fucks, um, let's let's start <laughs> off with. Uh, <laughs> oh man, right, that was the only about, analogy I could come up with. Let's let's, let's talk with, let's talk about tear sex. Um, this is who I have in tear sex. At the very top of tier six, I have Clyde Drexler. And okay. at the very bottom of tier six, I have Russell Westbrook. Oh! In between the two. In between the two, I have Steve Nash, Bob McAdoo, Nate Archibald, James Harden, Pete Maravich, Clyde Drexler. I'm sorry, I already said Clyde Drexler. Uh, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin McHale. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. This is where it gets spicy. Interessante. The hombre. So, for tier six, I'm going to leave, for the sake of debate, I'm going to leave my final spot blank because I have about nine candidates who okay. have considered in some way, shape, or form. So, I wanted to break those down with you, Will. Sure. Number, so, so, I'm just going to say who I have leading off the tier and who I have in the middle. Leading off the tier... Is it is it cold outside? A little bit. You know what? It's not baseball season. It's not like it's not. I'm not trying to be doing any gardening with my mom outside. But you know what it is, guys. Ice everybody, thing. put on your gloves. Gary Payton leading off. Oh, the- I thought you were talking about George the Iceman Gervin. I totally oh, my- missed that one. <laughs> my 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 effing guy, Gary Payton. I don't know wow. why I said effing. I Gary Payton podcast all the time. Yes, Gary Payton. You know what Gary Payton did? He put in in the playoffs. Before, also, George Carl completely screwed up when the when the uh, Sonics were in the... You know what? I'll get to Gary Payton in a second. In okay. the middle, George Gervin, the Iceman. Okay. Clyde Dr- Frazier. Bob McAdoo. Kevin McHale. Dave Cowens. Ray Allen. Wes Unseld, who's probably... Oh. If, I actually, if I actually ranked this tier, he'd, he'd be to the top. Um, and I had to do it. I had to do it. Reggie Miller. Who wow. Might, might be the worst player on this entire Hall of Fame, but I had to do it. Gary Payton, real quick. I had to, you know what? There's something about the greatest defender from the guard position that maybe, maybe all time, period. Payton was absolutely nasty. He could also get it done on the offensive ends. George Carl was, did, did some stupid shit like not putting Payton on Michael Jordan to begin the finals. Like the NBA Bulls finals, he was okay. like, wait, let's let's guard Michael Jordan with like Hersey Hawkins or someone other than Gary Payton, which is which is like which should be like a findable offense. Underrated Hersey Hawkins. Yeah, he would I'm not I'm not saying he was bad. I mean, I will say in 2K, like those those old Sonics teams are hell are really fun to play with. <laughs> um speaking My of those Detlef old Sonic Trump. teams, I mean, bruh, Detlef Shrimp was nasty. International Hall of Famer. Anyway, For sure. Gary Payton. He put John Stockton in a in a straight jacket and put him in a box, like a small box, like he was Harry Houdini or some shit, and locked that box and didn't let John Stockton come out of it until the rest of the playoffs. That's what Gary Payton did on the regular when he was in his prime. And I also say the Sonics should have been like a title team on the regular, but Knees and Coke took Sean Kemp away. So mm-hmm. it was just Gary Payton by himself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We should have an all cocaine Hall of Fame. So so can I um, so I have a few questions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a few names. Actually, before I do this, I want to. Can we talk about Wes Unseld? Great. Yes. Okay. Because I had Wes Unseld. I moved him up into tier four. You had him in tier six. You said you probably should have had him higher. I just want to spend a few seconds talking about Wes Unseld, who I feel like is the most underrated player in NBA history. Incredible, Will. What an incredible outlet passer. What an incredible passer. So, so as as most people who know, as most people who know me. Two of my top three favorite things in basketball are an outlet pass and a good screen. Uh-huh. Those two things, like the NBA posted a video and it was the best long passes. And I watched like all 18 minutes of it. Uh-huh. And there were several times where I rewinded. Rewound, I should say. All right. Wes Unseld is the best outlet passer of all time and it's not even close sorry kevin love it's not even close (laughs) and also he is probably one of the best screen setters of all time he just 
I mean, he would, he, if you ran into a Wes Unseld screen, you would break every bone in your body. Mm-hmm. But that is not why Wes Unseld is in here. Otherwise, Aaron Baines would be on this list. <laughs> Wes Unseld was more of a brick house than Tony Allen. Wes Unseld is on this list because he's an NBA champion, because he won a finals MVP, because he won, made multiple all-star teams, because he made an all-NBA first team, and... Most importantly, because he because he was an NBA MVP, the most forgotten NBA MVP of all time. Mm-hmm. And something about Unseld is that his his stats will underwhelm you guys. If you look back at Unseld's stats and be like, wait, are, are Will and Julian on as much coke as David Thompson and Sean Kemp? Like, what what is happening right here? For sure. But, <laughs> but Will, Wes Unseld, in addition to all the the great things that Will said, incredible locker room leader teammate oh, for sure nobody has anything bad to say about West unselled at all yeah I mean he didn't he he didn't the main score of that team was Elvin Hayes but mm-hmm. Wes unselled was unquestionably the best player Elvin Hayes and nobody liked Wes unselled was the guy who kind of in the Dave Cowan's role did he he you he was the one who the team went through he got the rebounds. He made. He got the assist. I mean, he averaged four or five assists a game, and they were pretty much all on outlet passes. The team went how he went. He 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 could score a little bit, not great, but he wasn't there for the scoring. He was there to do the dirty work. He was there. To, he was there to be the best teammate possible. In that Bill Russell, Dave Cowan's role. Mhm. And I and and he is by far one of the most underrated players. I mean. They the bullets that he would the, the Washington bullets that he was on went to four NBA finals. Mm-hmm. They only won one, but he they made four. I'm starting to think he I got their best player. I think I'm starting to I'm, I'm starting to think I have Wes Unseld too low and David Thompson too high. I already use, I already uh, used to my past though, so I'm because chilling. I love Wes Unseld so much, I'm going to give you a second one. I'll let okay. you make that flip. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make that flip real quick. David Thompson, I love you, bro. I'm sorry, but I, so, I'm gonna I still got David Thompson though. So David Thompson, you good? Um, so also I put uh, Cowan's in the same category as Unseld, and even though you know Cowan's, you could make a case was almost just kind of a little better version of Unseld minus the outlet passing. Yep. Because, I have Cowan's higher has, than him. He also has two championships, you know, and uh, eight, eight All Star games. I, I think that I made the right move putting them in the same tier. And yeah. so other other guys we have in this uh, we all, we both have are Kevin McHale and yep. Reggie in uh, uh, Ray Allen. Yep. I yeah. don't think we have so, that much to say about them. I mean Kevin McHale, no. the greatest sixth men slash second bananas of all time. Yeah. Uh, whose career kind of got late career kind of got robbed from him because of bad knees and stuff. He probably could have kept playing for a hell of yeah. a long time. He he and, yeah. And with with modern medicine, he plays a much longer career. Um, absolutely. And and completely to the point where he's become underrated in terms of in terms of that Celtics team it's it's basically talked about as Bird's team at this point mm-hmm. he was fantastic he could have taken like Sam Perkins employment for like the first until like 1996 if his career had uh has had kept going yeah i mean well, Kevin Kevin McHale since since he's retired his career hasn't really gone great but <laughs> <laughs> that can be interpreted many ways. I mean, um, Troy Hudson is happy right now. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't have really have much to say about Kevin McHale. Um, but reference right there. But but yeah, he he just was a fantastic player. Honestly, he's probably too low on these rankings, but I I feel I feel fine about it. Ray Allen, most three pointers of all time, hit hit probably the biggest shot in NBA history. Uh. And probably should have been the finals MVP that year the Celtics won in 2008. And even though, I mean, Ray Allen obviously didn't win a championship in his prime and was the third banana on that Celtics team. I mean, he he actually was a great player at his prime. Like, people do kind of forget how good Ray Allen was and how he actually was also ahead of his time. Like, Ray Allen, dunker. Yeah, he's even better than he is. He's even better nowadays than he was then. And also, also... Here's the thing. He got game, gets some hate, and I understand why, but you know what? Ray Allen held the zone in a movie with Denzel Washington. I gotta make sure he's in tier six for that much. Yeah. Well, I know you haven't seen He Got Game, right? I have not. 
how the fuck have you not seen that? It's terrible. That's an atrocity that you haven't seen that. It's a classic. Coney Island. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big I'm not a big basketball movie guy. Uh, but you've seen but, Space Jam. I mean, I didn't love that movie either. Good. You'll probably fucking like He Got Game. It's a classic. Anyway, so so, uh, so a, few names that, a few names that I noticed that you did not have on this list. Mm-hmm. No Nate Archibald. Mm-hmm. No James Harden. Uh, no Pete Maravich. And no Russell Westbrook. So here's the thing. For my final spots, I have multiple names that you mentioned. For my final okay. spot contenders, because actually, I've actually got a GOAT pretty soon. So we might actually start uh, start next episode off with my final spots and tier six. But I as will... Well, re- as well as... Um, actually, actually, do you want to just do that right now? Because we also... Ne- next pod, we can finish off at the end of tier six. Honorable mentions and... Um, and which current players do we think have the best chance to make it? I'm 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 all for that. I'm all for that. All right. Plus, but let's let's quickly get to the 51st person on our list. Yes. Who this is a tier to to himself. It's a fifth. This is a a very important name that we felt like not necessarily career wise belongs in this Hall of Fame, but just he was the Jackie Robinson of the NBA, Chuck Cooper. Absolutely. Uh, Chuck, Chuck Cooper was career-wise not a Hall of Famer, obviously, but he was a pioneer in terms of how, in terms of the game of basketball. He was the first African-American player um, and just someone that without him, who knows what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know, a- absolutely. Perseverance, all that stuff. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to act like I'm a Chuck Cooper expert, but there's no way that we could have made this Hall of Fame and not included him in some way, say it perform. So Chuck Cooper, you definitely get your own plaque in in in, uh, in yep. Will and Julian's Hall of Fame. Chuck Cooper, congratulations on having more accolades than Adrian Dantley. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we'll, we'll wrap up there next week. We're gonna have the third and final part of of uh, of our Players Wing podcast. We'll be going over some of the names we disagreed on in Tier Six honorable mentions as well as which current NBA players we feel like have the best chance to make it shout out Luka Doncic Mm, that's a fact that's a fact uh but yeah yeah we really appreciate the love and support you guys showed in the last episode uh if you have questions remember you can email them the scores table podcast at gmail.com or just Uh, dm us on instagram something like that just just text whatever just just any way shape you have uh but yeah, also make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, a rating. We appreciate it all. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Yes, sir.